LOI Match Day on Off The Ball. Well, I'm delighted to be joined by UCD defender Evan O'Sam on this, this week's League of Ireland podcast on Off The Ball. Um, Evan, look, I'll start with the elephant in the room. Uh, that's 7-0 defeat to St. Patrick's Athletic at the weekend. Uh, what's the feeling after that? Uh, yeah, look, um, obviously it was a, a tough tough night, uh, tough day at the office. Um, yeah, look, I think probably we were off a little bit. Um, and pats are flying at the minute, you know. And if if you if you're off it, they're gonna punish you. So, um, yeah, look, it was a tough night. Um, but look, happy kind of move on and take it as a, a learning. I suppose we've kind of a lot of of young lads. So, um, maybe first time kind of having a defeat like that. So yeah, just have to learn from it and look ahead to game this Friday now. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. How does your manager, Andy Myler, handle the squad in a week like this after that kind of a defeat? Yeah, look, kind of similar to what I, I said there. Um, just kind of spoke to us about kind of learning from it. And, you know, if we're in a situation kind of like that again, where maybe we're a few goals down and under a lot of pressure, just trying to, I suppose, keep things as, as tight as we can so that, it, you know, you're, you're not going to lose in 6 7 nil or whatever. Um, so, yeah, just kind of a little discussion about that and then, yeah, really just kind of looking looking ahead to next week or to, to this week. And as I said, yeah, just kind of preparing for, for that, just putting it to bed, really. Yeah. Uh, just on, on UCD's struggles this season, um, do you think it's been solely down to the loss of key players or have there been other aspects that have gone wrong, do you think, this season for UCD? Yeah, look, definitely it doesn't help. I mean, we lost a, a fair few from um team we would have would have had last year. And um, I suppose that's probably kind of always the, the way UCD, just the, the nature of the way things work. Lads will kind of move on. Um and yeah, as I said, we we did lose probably a lot of, of key players in particular this year, which doesn't make it easy. Um having said that, like we have have kind of brought a few lads in as well who have done well but I suppose we've as well as kind of losing lads to other teams we have had injuries as well I mean like we've had Sam Pod, who would be one of our key players hasn't hasn't played at all yet this year through injury so yeah I think there have been a, a few kind of factors which have made it difficult for us um, so yeah it's just I suppose being, being tough um, but yeah I suppose going into second half of the season now just looking to kind of push on we'd, uh, obviously we had a difficult night on Friday but the week before we did have a, a good win against Ligo so um, yeah hoping to kind of build on that now in the next few weeks Yeah that was a really impressive win against Ligo Rovers I was going to mention that because um, mm-hmm. I just remember last year and I, I, I covered a few games where UCD were involved and one of the impressive things uh, was I think midway through the season a lot of people are kind of thinking UCD will go down this season but whatever Andy Myler and you as a group of players did you were able to really I suppose a bit of that kind of siege mentality and you, you pull out some really good defensive performances but but show that you could go on the front foot as well and I suppose is that something you keep in mind like midway through last season it looked like you were going to struggle but then you managed to turn things around Yeah yeah definitely yeah I suppose it was similar last season look we were probably a little bit closer to the teams above us um, but yeah as you said kind of a lot of people had kind of written us off and had us relegated already and yeah we did kind of manage obviously manage to turn it around and, and stay up so yeah definitely something we know that we we can do we can um, 
you know, pick up a few results if we if we get ourselves right. Um, and yeah, that experience from last year, I suppose, will hopefully stand to us this year and kind of help us kick on a little bit, give us confidence. And like, even though you are a, a young fellow yourself, Evan, you know, you're one of the experienced players in the squad now. So I suppose it's it's up to you as well to kind of try and show that bit of leadership to some of the younger players in the squad. Do you feel that like yourself? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad glad to hear you call me young. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to hear a lot of the lads like to give me a bit of stick for being one of being a bit older. But um <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um and in fairness, there's a there's a few. I am I am actually the, the oldest bear, but there are a couple, you know, who are around the, the same age as me um and who have been around, you know, who have played a lot of, of games in the league. So um yeah, definitely I suppose there is a, a bit of onus on us to kind of step up and maybe help some of the younger lads when it's you know their kind of first or, or second seasons um, yeah definitely is a bit of honest honest to kind of yeah help them and step up and kind of drag them through difficult times like we've kind of been having so yeah yeah absolutely um, I wanted to ask you briefly as well about Colin Whelan um, former teammate of yours you must have been really good at for him after uh, suffering that second really terrible injury uh, playing for Derry City um, a player who I think a lot of people think will go on to do great things um, and I suppose even as a a man who's uh, studied and qualified to be a physiotherapist like yourself you know you know all about all these kind of difficult injuries and do you think uh, there, there is a way back for him? Oh yeah look obviously yeah very disappointing and sad to hear that you know you kind of suffer the injury again Um yeah, as you mentioned, you know, great player, and even in the in the few games he played when he came back, you know, I think he scored two or three goals, um, in probably two or three games. You know, he was he was really flying, um. But yeah, look, he's I'm sure he'll be working hard to come back. Um, he's obviously he's, he he spent a kind of year rehabbing it and got himself back, and look, could be tough for him, um, you know, particularly kind of mentally and stuff to go through that again, but. Look, he's a he's a good lad. He's strong. He's done it before. So yeah, um, please God, he'll you know get back fit and firing. And yeah, no doubt that he, he has the quality. So hope to see him back. Um, yeah, firing again. Yeah, look, I know it was a totally different injury, but like you've been there yourself as well, Evan, haven't you? You had a, a bad Achilles injury there a couple of years ago, so you know what it's like to be, uh, I suppose, in that situation where you're trying to come back from a serious injury, and it, it takes, like, it takes a lot of mental strength, doesn't it, to come back from something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had Achilles, and I actually I had an ACL myself as well when I was uh, eighteen. So yeah, I know exactly what it's like. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose the mental side is probably the toughest, like the the rehab and the the gym work. I mean, you just you just kind of do it. You just follow the instructions you're given. But yeah, it's it's mentally it's it's kind of tough. Just you know, knowing that there's a long road ahead and there are setbacks on it. But yeah, I suppose you just kind of keep keep thinking of the the end goal, which is obviously to be back playing and enjoying yourself and that kind of just gets you through it when you're having difficult days and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I don't know, like obviously you're, you're the son of Paulo Zam as well, former League of Ireland player. Had he been through anything like that? Was he able to give you a bit of support or advice during that kind of, that during that time? Yeah, he actually, he did an ACL injury himself. Um, so yeah, he, he kind of knew um, what I was going through. So yeah, he was... He was able to help me and support me. Um, probably, uh, his was probably early 90s, so 
a bit different in terms of the, the rehab and recovery and stuff and compared to when I did mine. But yeah, he was, as I said, like the mental kind of stuff, he would have gone through the same. So um, yeah, when I was having bad days or, or difficult kind of periods on the, the road to recovery, you know, he was able to say, look, I know, I know you're feeling like the same, but he managed to get back and had quite a, a good career after. So yeah, it was helping in that way. Yeah, you sure did. It was a five league titles with St. Patsy. He had won with Rovers as well, Shamrock Rovers. Um, yeah, not a yeah. bad old career at all. Does he? Uh, does he still flash those medals at you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he brings it up now and then. Yeah, he, he has the medals somewhere, but in fairness, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't showcase them too much. I think. I think they're probably up in the attic somewhere. But yeah, no, he does. He does like to remind me that he, he, you know, he won a few. But yeah, yeah, what a player! Did you ever get to see him play? I wonder actually. Yeah, I did. Uh, I think I was about five or six when he retired, so I couldn't I couldn't tell you whether he was good or not. But I do remember being down in uh, in Richmond and stuff, and, and being at a lot of the games. Um, so yeah, I would have. Yeah, thankfully I do get to, to see him play. But yeah, yeah, that's great, great, great guy. Your dad, Ozzy, and I would have seen him quite a lot in the on the beat back in the day when he was coaching and stuff. Uh, really great fella to talk to. Um, just to finish, then Evan Shells at home this week. Um, you drew against them at home earlier in the season so that gives you I suppose a bit of hope and a bit of inspiration going into this tie on Friday yeah yeah definitely yeah like you said we drew nil all and then the second time we played them was narrow one nil defeat probably wasn't a whole lot in the game um, so yeah, I suppose we have to kind of take confidence from both those games um, again we're at home again this week so yeah just looking as I said Looking to kind of build on our, our last home game against um, Sligo. Um, look, it'll be tough. Shells are are going quite well at the minute. But, yeah, as I said, two kind of close games against them so far this season. So, yeah, looking to definitely get something from the game on Friday. Absolutely, yeah. Well, the very best of luck with that, Evan, and for the rest of the season. Look, you never know what happens with the other teams dropping points over the next few weeks. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be exciting either way, but um, thanks a million again for coming on the podcast this week, Evan Ozan. It's been a pleasure. No problem. Thanks, Stephen. Well, Darren Craven from Bray Wanderers, thanks a million for joining us on the LOI Matchday podcast on Off the Ball this week. Um, I wanted to start off the interview actually asking you first, do you ever score normal goals? unspectacular goals because uh, I was watching your rasper there against Kerry a couple of weeks ago you, you beat them 3-2 um, and also you got a couple for Longford Town last season against Cove Ramblers against Galway United absolute peaches um, so you look like a man a bit like Stephen Gerrard I don't think you score normal goals do you? <laughs> uh, I'll take that Stephen Gerrard <laughs> probably a bit generous but now I looked at a couple of nice ones over the years but I probably do need to score a few more I need to get a few ugly ones on on the record but uh, look as long as they go in I don't mind so yeah happy with that charge so I'll take that <laughs> are you but like in seriousness do you is that something you practice quite a lot yourself would you practice long range shooting or is it all sorts of goals you try and get get better at yeah no we'd work on everything it's just a bit of an act for it I suppose um, bit of longer. I've always kind of got a couple from outside the box throughout my years and they're always a, they are a little bit more enjoyable when they fly in the top corner so and um, yeah hopefully they keep coming anyway yeah absolutely well it's not carry you in and the draw last week with Treaty United um, a reaction I suppose to those back to back defeats were you happy enough with that response as a squad 
Yeah, I suppose we were. Um, look, after the break, it's important just to get back to winning ways, which we did. And then treat, we probably might have won on the night with enough chances. So, But look, we'll take a point. It's a tough enough place to go. So look, four out of six isn't bad since the break. So we'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you spent last season, I mentioned uh, your your couple of goals for them at Longford Town. Uh, how did that come about and how beneficial do you think it was for your own career? Yeah, look, I was with Ray before and then obviously Gary Cronin moved up to Longford. So, look, I enjoyed my time with Gary and decided to go with him. Um, again, look, I was enjoying it before I got injured for the year, but... Uh, yeah, no, it was a good club, Longford. Really enjoyed me time there and yeah, yeah. Well, tell us a bit about the injury. Yeah, probably couldn't uh, come at a worse time. It was going well. I think we were, we were second in the league. It was getting a couple of goals, and then ruptured my ACL, my PCL, the whole knee, pretty much. So, look, it was uh, the year out. Then only got back this April, but yeah, look, it's all part of it. I've probably been lucky up to this point. I've never really had anything, so um, just back playing now and enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like it's one thing if you're suffering a serious injury like that, maybe at a, a big professional club over in the UK or something. You're you're in the first division in the League of Ireland. That must be a real a huge setback, and I suppose the cost of just getting back onto the pitch as well must be a big thing. Yeah, it all plays into it, like, especially um, when you're trying to work as well. You find yourself you're you're missing training just to to do your own rehab and you're not really involved with the group but fairness along for it, they, they were great looked after everything cost wise they were couldn't have asked for any more from them like they really looked after me so um, no they were they were great to deal with and yeah couldn't ask any more of them yeah and that's that's good to hear and I suppose it's the mental side of it as well that's what you hear an awful lot of players talk about when you're out injured it's the mental side of it I spoke to somebody yesterday about an Achilles injury and it's just the, that whole kind of thing of being on your own injured on the on the treatment table can be a, a tough thing to go through that's it it's just it's finding the motivation to do it like it's it's really slow and it's not the rehab it's not exciting stuff where you're just trying to get yourself motivated to do what it is it's and like you say it's it's nights on your own it's all you're not around the team anymore so it's, it's just finding the motivation to do with long hours in the gym and get back but once you're back it is all worth it like, join it all again so yeah well, it is good to see you back and, and scoring again. Uh, you took, I suppose, the lesser trodden path these days from the, the Leinster Senior League. You played with Malahide, I think, was it, before you ended up at Bray? Yeah, I did, yeah. Years of Malahide and look, another great, great club always looked after me as well there. So, um, look, there was, there was always options to step in earlier and look, it's probably a regret that I didn't do it. Now, looking back, I wish I had made this, the leap a little earlier, but look, a good years of Malahide as well and yeah, enjoying it now anyway, playing the league. So Yeah, why why didn't you make that step earlier, do you think? Uh, it's, a, it's a bit of everything, work and just finding a club that fits in with work and doing a bit of travel when you're younger. And yeah, but looking back now, I kind of, I do wish I'd made a step earlier. I didn't yeah. realise how much I'd enjoy it until I stepped in. So, yeah. And what is that uh, difference in, in quality between the Leinster Senior League now and stepping up to the first division? Yeah, there there is a bit. It's um it's more just every week, like the Leicester Senior League, there's there is quality players well capable of playing within the League of Ireland, but it's just being being fit every week, dealing with the travel, dealing with everything else. It's it all plays it all plays a part. So um 
in terms of the standard, uh, it's not a massive difference, but it's just looking after yourself, the fitness, professionalism, them little bits make the difference, I think. Yeah, because you'll hear a lot of players that maybe, and we might be going back a couple of years, but players that have played in the Leinster Senior League um, and then come back to a League of Ireland club that, especially for a young player, maybe lads around late teens, early 20s, that it's a really good experience to go play against men in the Leinster Senior League before going back to the League of Ireland. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's great learning in it. And like, the whole no punches in that league. It's uh, fairly competitive. And like, you learn a lot about yourself and how to deal with things on a pitch. So, honest for kids, definitely. Yeah, it is a great learning path, I think, for them. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what's it like being working under Ian Ryan as a boss? Because he went in there, I suppose, a, a club that's, it was, it's been in, in a bit of turmoil, it's fair to say, over the last couple of seasons. But um, Ian Ryan went in there and he's he's had a big job in his hand, not just with the playing staff, but uh, how have you found it? Yeah, no, it's been enjoyable. And look, obviously, looking in from the outside last year, you do hear, you hear bits, you hear stories, and can't say I wasn't worried got not worried but you're cautious of it but um Nain's been great and in fairness the whole club have been it's been we couldn't ask for any more as players it's been really professional everything's been as you'd want it as for a League of Ireland team and yeah no it's been really enjoying this so far yeah and he seems like a very progressive manager. I'd say a lot of uh, kind of a modern progressive manager I should say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you see it the way he wants to play. It's it's high energy. It's press. It's keep the ball. It's like as all the good managers you see in the Premier League do now. It's very similar ethos. I think he follows and training like follows that as well. It's it's good. It's it's fun. It's competitive. So yeah, no, it's been really enjoyable so far. Yeah, well, look, there's 15 games left this season. It's it's really flying by. Um, Tritium Wexford, of course, they're four and five points behind you. Do you feel at this stage of the season now that it's you know dropping points could be a, a major blow to any aspirations you have to make in those playoffs? Yeah, definitely. Like we're it's that tight between. I think there's probably six, seven teams. It's nothing really in it, and we're right on the line at the minute. But look, I think in terms of the squad, I think we quality probably should be a little bit higher than we are in terms of points on the board but yeah look it's all about just getting them now the season really only starts now if as long as you find a bit of form and make sure we're in the playoffs come the end of the year yeah and you've taken four points from two games against this week's opponents Finn Harps already this season what stands out to you about those two previous meetings but the first one I missed, I wasn't back on the pitch. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the second one, now again, it was a, I think it was two 0 on the night, but it was tough, competitive, well organised team. So, and I'm sure it'd be a different story up there now on Friday night. But um, looking forward to it. yeah, we're on a little bit of a run since the break. So hopefully, get another three points there. Yeah, and it's a, it's a tough slog, isn't it, for players going away to Finn Harps and making that long trip and and trying to get yourself into into game mode then. Yeah, exactly. Look, to be honest, the whole division this year seems to be miles away, but you're kind of used to it at this stage. But this is the one you don't look forward to, I think, the bus up here. But look, once you get on the pitch, you, you forget about everything. So you're just looking for the three points again, Friday. 100%. Well, listen, Darren, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. I really appreciate you giving us your time. Um, hopefully, it goes well for you on Friday, and best of luck for the rest of the season. How about it? Thanks, Steve. Well, I'm delighted to be joined on the show, on the podcast this week, by the Drogheda United defender, Emmanuel Adeboyega. Well, I'm told, Emmanuel, some people call you Manny. I don't know what you want me to call you. I don't want to be uh, yeah. getting too nah, familiar you with you. Manny. <laughs> Manny <laughs> nah, Adeboyega. Sorry, 
Well, listen, it's, it's great mm-hmm. to have you on the podcast this week, Manny. Um, to just to, to look back first on, on your most recent match uh, down at Turner's Cross, uh, it was a game in which you were mm-hmm. leading 1 0. You lose the lead in the 82nd minute to draw 1 1 with Cork City. They're in form. So, like, they, they came into that game in form. Do you look at it, though, as, as a point gained, a good point gained away from home, or was it two points dropped? Um, you can kind of see from both sides, to be honest, um, because we played. Like, as you said, we had the lead for up to the 82nd minute. Then we kind of lost it. But they go down to Tennis Cross and even, you know, leave with something. It's also good as well because it's not a, it's not a place where you can, you know, always win or draw. So it's kind of hard to go down to Tennis Cross. But we did, um, how do I say, we did it. Basically, we were winning. So we could have, you know, left with, two, with three points, but... You know, we can always just take the one point away from the game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, going into that game as well, of course, um, the club announced that Freddie Draper was going back to Lincoln City. Was that a tough mm-hmm. one for the squad? Like, does that knock confidence a bit because of how well he was playing? Or do you just move on fairly quickly from it? Um, you kind of move on quickly because it's part of the game. But Freddie is also a big loss because the goals he scored for us, fantastic player. Also in the change room, he's a very good lad as well. So, but it's a thing where you just have to move on and focus on the next match. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose, on the other hand, Adam Foley, um, who's back in the team and one of the veterans of the team, maybe a little bit older than Freddie mm-hmm. Draper, but he's he's found yeah. form at the right time, three goals in his last three matches. What's he like playing against in training? I think he's a very hard worker, works very hard in training. And he's just very surprising because that's three goals in three games as well. So I just hope he continues going into the next year. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Um, you found the net yourself, of course, this season against UCD. I remember watching the goal from a, a corner kick. Uh, I suppose I suppose you'd like to add a few more of those uh, to your tally before the end of the season? Yeah, because I think scoring goals is probably one of the best feelings as well as keeping a clean sheet. But to help the team, not only defending, but attacking as well, it's a very good feeling. So hopefully I can get to add a bit more to my game before the end of the season. Is that something you might work on in training, your heading skills, um, maybe just that attacking um, side of the game in the box? Yeah, because I've only scored one and we've had, I don't remember how many corners we've had all season, but I've had chances from corners and I failed to take them. So in training, I just continue to try and practice them and practice them and practice them so I can get a score sheet. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd imagine Kevin Doherty, though, your gaffer, the way he likes to play football as well, he's probably always saying to you, you got to prioritise your defending first. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's always, it's always good to have a good balance. So, of course, you have to prioritise the defending. But if you can get in the score sheet by attacking, you know, it's not that bad. Like sometimes after training, I'll be practising free kicks and stuff. But I, I do get slandered sometimes for practising my free kicks. But, you know, it's something that I like to do anyway. Just yeah, in case the opportunity falls. Absolutely. I'll be keeping an eye out for uh, any draw to free kicks coming up in the next few weeks. <laughs> I was just going to ask you actually first as well, because what was, um, how did the move from Dundalk come along? Because you're going to the rival club there in Loud. How did that happen at the start of the season? Why the, why did you leave Dundalk? Um, so basically, I was already withdrawn on the age level. Then I moved to Dundalk on the age level as well. So um, there was talks for me staying with Dundalk, but personal level, it didn't really seem as if I would get minutes. And the priority for me personally was to get minutes going into um, first-team football. 
So <clears throat> the Jada um, opportunity fell. I heard about it. My agent told me about it. And I was just like, yeah. For me personally, at this point in time, it's probably the best place for me to go to, regardless of the rivalry, any of this, just a personal level, just for me to get minutes. So I jumped at the opportunity and I went. And after speaking with Kevin and Darrell, the assistant coach, it was, it basically sold itself to me. I just had to see it and take it. Yeah. And it definitely is showing in your game. I think you, you're looking a lot more confident on the ball as as the games mm-hmm. go by. Is that something you're aware of these days, I suppose, with centre-backs, when you see the way the game is played across Europe now, that you have to be really good with the ball at your feet? Yeah, because when you watch top-level football, every centre-half is like a midfield because that's what I used to play. So the midfield game kind of reflects on my centre-half game. So you always have to be comfortable on the ball. So before I used to play midfield, so now it kind of makes it easier for me to play centre-half because the ball is always at my feet. So you just have to be very good on the ball and have a lot of composure. Because now in League of Ireland, I'd happily say you get pressed a lot. So the, the composure has to be in there and you have to be good with your feet. You can't just be, you know, giving the ball away at this top level in the game as well. And when you were growing up, uh, Manny, did you always have like a talent for football? Um, what kind of underage clubs did you play at uh, at home in Louth? Like, what can you tell me? Like, when did you actually realize maybe when you were a good footballer? Um, ever since I was young, I was always into football. So ever since the age of seven, that's when I started playing football. So the teams in Louth that I used to play was Clemmyor, um, Rock Celtic, and Bay United on the age level. So probably around the age of 16, 15, 16, I knew I had something for football. Maybe even before that, at the age of 14. Because, you know, anytime someone comes to watch your games, they always point me out, stuff like that. But I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was probably like top three, but I was just around, you know, the best players on the team. So that's when I kind of knew I had to go for it. Because it was always a dream of mine to play football at the highest level, wherever I am at. So I think that's when I realised, yeah, I can actually go a long way in this game. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I was wondering as well, do your parents have much involvement in that? Like, was your dad or your mother, were they interested in football? Did they kind of uh, give you good encouragement or would they kind of stand back and, and let you do your own thing? Um, my dad, he used to play football, but, you know, just local side in Nigeria and stuff like that. But they usually just sit back and just support while it's just mainly me, I make the decisions. Of course, they advise me and they help me, they tell me what's best for me. But at the end of the day, the final decision, they just let me have the final decision, which I'm very happy about. Yeah, you mentioned your your folks um, coming from Nigeria originally. It's mm-hmm. interesting to see the makeup of the Republic of Ireland team now at senior level and, and even at under-21 level coming right through the ranks. I, mm-hmm. I think it's brilliant to see the likes of Andrew Omabamadeli, Chidozi Ogbene, uh, we've got Michael Obafemi, of course, all on the senior team. Got a number of players playing through the underage system as well. Uh, what's that like for a young man like you who was born and, and grew up in Ireland and you see these kind of players playing in a green jersey at international level? Is it, it must be a bit of an inspiration for you. Um, not only inspiration, a sense of motivation as well, because you see these players, where they come from, who they are. You look at their stories, their background, and you look at yourself and just like, I can actually do what they're doing. Because what they're doing is actually fantastic and sensational for the young ones coming up through the ranks as well. So 
I take it and I just look at it and I say, yeah, one day I can actually wear the green, the green jersey one day in Aviva and, and hopefully play for Ireland. That's a real desire for you, is it? Yeah, it's, to play international level, to even play for your country is, it's a dream. It's a dream. Yeah, absolutely. You might put Andrew under pressure for his place maybe <laughs> in that back three. Um, hopefully, to be honest, hopefully in a few years I'll probably be able to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just on that as well, because uh, I was reading some comments last week from Jonathan mm-hmm. Afalabi, and unfortunately, um, on the on the bat, the word side of this kind of thing is um, we've seen you know players and and not just in you know we obviously saw Sinclair Armstrong um, taking some racist abuse from players in that friendly match a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, We've also seen it in England. We've seen it in Spain. We've seen Vinicius, of course, being well publicised. Um, is that something you've experienced at all when you've been in Ireland, when you've been playing in Ireland? Um, I can happily say, fortunately, I've never actually experienced any verbal or racial, like, I've never experienced racial abuse, to be honest. Um, I can say I'm probably one of the, honestly, I can only speak for myself. I can say I'm very lucky that I've never experienced it don't really know what it's like to go through something like that so yeah. I think I'm one of the fortunate ones That is a good thing um, what did you mm-hmm. make of the Irish squad and their reaction to uh, the abuse of Sinclair Armstrong when they, they basically just said like, we're not playing the game and decide to walk off the pitch um, It shows a good camaraderie and solidarity within the squad and I think it's the best decision like when something like that happens I think it's best that the whole team just comes into agreement and you know, just see they're not playing the match anymore. So it was great to see. It's great to see. Yeah, absolutely. It sure was, Manny. Um, well, listen, I, I just got to ask you as well, actually, interestingly, because I know Blackpool, there was talk of Blackpool were, were having a look mm-hmm. at you. I'm sure there's probably a few other teams in England. Is that something you're conscious of? Maybe scouts coming to watch your games? Have you had any kind of approaches from from agents or from people across the water? Um like every week there's always something different so there's always interest there's always this there's always that but for me I just focus on the football side of the game to be honest it's the easiest thing for me to focus on instead of all the things that happens in the background just leave that to the agents to the parents and for me just focus on the football and the next match that's it but it's always good to hear that there's interest from you know top top sides in England wherever else they are it's always good to hear and it's exciting as well just lets me know that I'm doing the right things. Yeah, 100%. And I suppose the next game that you have to look after is Shamrock Rovers. Um, Interestingly, you look at the stats over the last six meetings, one of those was an FAI Cup match now, which obviously was decided on penalties. But in those six games, Shamrock Rovers have failed to beat Drogheda United. You guys have won the last or won two of those six matches uh, I know you're involved in the last one the 2-1 victory what is it about Drogheda United do you think that Shamrock Rovers are struggling to get a win against <laughs> honestly um, what tough side to play against and I think we don't really suit the type of style um, that Shamrock Rovers like to play we don't really like to play from the back we like to press we're aggressive and also in Weavers Park as well it's our home ground so I think it, uh, we just make Rovers feel uncomfortable. I think it is. But um, it's always nice to play against the best of the best in the country as well. So I'm lo- kind of looking forward to that game. They played that interesting box midfield with the lone striker. Is that something you're conscious mm-hmm. of their tactics and that kind of thing when you go into this game? Um, yeah, because you have to, they play the three at the back. They play, as you said, the box midfield. And they have quality players in midfield as well. So you just have to try and beat them tactically as well. 
Yeah, one hundred percent. I think only to this game we'd be very conscious of it. Yeah. Is that something you're interested in, the tactical side of the game? Do you do you do you watch a lot of football and see different systems that are being played with different teams and that kind of thing? Um, I would say yes, but honestly, I just watch a lot of football for the enjoyment of football, not really for the tactics. But it's when it's time to analyze um, my opposition. That's when I focus on the tactical side of it, and you know, player strengths, their weaknesses, especially who I'm coming up against. So like the strikers I'm coming up against, I'm facing, try to see the strengths, the weaknesses and see how I'll be able to overcome them, to be honest. Yeah, Rory Gaffney, I suppose, is man you're going to have to keep an eye on this Friday. <laughs> Did you come up against him in the last game? Um, yes, he started the last match, yeah. He's kind of a handful. Yeah, very much a handful. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a very good player. But, but as I said, this league, you play against the best in the country. So every game, there's always something different, different style of play, different player coming up against. And for a young player like myself, you're just getting more and more experience and how to face um, the best of the best in the country. Yeah, 100%. Well, listen, Manny, you've been very good with your time. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast to talk this week. Best of luck on Friday night and, of course, for the rest of the season. Stephen, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. LOI Match Day on Off The Ball.